0: God bless you thank you in advance for your giving I'm so excited about God's word uh, today for you it is a uh, it's a scripture that I'm dear to uh, the Lord has used in mine and my wife's life on many occasions and I'll talk about that a little bit but it's a scripture I believe that pertains to anybody Anywhere, any place, any time. And there's some clues in that scripture. We're talking about disruption, cultural disruption that leads to personal disruption. Then, how do we kind of come out of that disruption? And you probably have been disrupted in some way, shape, or form. Over the last 12 months. It may be personal, it may be corporate, it may be financial, it may be relational, but disruption happens, okay? And so I want to talk to you today about how we can see how one gentleman walked through that disruption and actually then become the disruptor. I believe God is okay if we're kind of disrupt some stuff for his sake, okay? For the kingdom's sake. And so we're gonna we're gonna walk through it, we're gonna talk through it, tell you a funny story. The first service, the 930 service, we didn't do an 8:30 today because of the snow, but um, we did the 930, and the second song, Janie was standing over here not playing the keyboard today, and and so she's like all in worshiping, and she looks over at me and Marcus, and she gives the, the head nod after the second song. Well, if you follow us at all, the head nod is my So I came up, and I'm standing right here, and I think out of the corner of her eyes, she sees me, and so she goes into the fake worship, because I'm a song early. So she closes her eyes and kind of does the fake worship thing over here, and Andrew, he looks at me, he just kind of brushes me off, and they go right into the third song, and I realized I'm totally out of place. And so I called time out and ran back to my seat, and then I sent Marcus up uh, as a as a buffer. I wanted him to take the bullets on the next when that song was over. He's downstairs with the kids today. And so, I'm like, what's up with that? She well, she had no idea I was even over here, she says. I don't know if that's really true or not, but she, she says she never saw me. Well, we'll you know, that's debatable, uh, but she did give us the head nod, and Drew did see me, but he, like, he just didn't care. He was going to lead that third song no matter what. <laughs> Yeah, he's got the thing click track going in his head. He's he's ready to start. And so sometimes in our disruption, we even wonder like, God, are you there? do you see me? Like, God, I'm here. I was waving and the worship team was playing and Janie gave the head nod and then went into her fake worship because she, like, here's what happens. There's a joke. between. It wasn't fake. So whenever something's happening on the platform, we have this inside joke, and she wants to get my attention, I do go into, like, fake worship. Like you'll have to get the sound team or somebody else on it. I I gotta concentrate, and I think that's what she was doing today when she called me up, and it was time to, to break. She, I felt like she was going into it's her worship's real and authentic, so don't 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 misinterpret. But sometimes we think that with God, sometimes it's like God, do you see me? God, do you hear me? God, I'm here. And we almost do like spiritual jumping jacks because, God, you're not answering my prayer just yet. What's going on? And we'll talk about that a little bit today. Let's go to Judges, the second chapter, and the 10th verse to start with. Then we'll pray, and we'll go into some more uh, of the verses in Judges, uh, the book of Judges. And all that generation also were gathered to their fathers. So we're talking about, in Judges, we're talking about Joshua's generation. And Joshua was a warrior. Like, Joshua was a, a man's man. I don't know if we're supposed to say that, if that's politically correct. I'm, I don't know. I, I'm probably the furthest thing from being politically correct. But he's a he's a guy's guy. Like, he's he's a stud. And he's a stud like at 60 and 70 and 80 years old. And yet his days, he, his, they're numbered. They're, they're gone. And there were, arose another generation after them, Joshua's generation, who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. I, I want to throw that out there, first of all, for a caution. Listen, we have to make sure that the generations that follow us know the goodness of God. We need to make sure that the generations that follow us know the miracles of God, know the power of the Holy Spirit, know the power of prayer and of worship, know the power of reading the scriptures and and obeying them and abiding by them. Are you with me? Does that make sense? We have to know, church, and we have to allow and let those other ones know. We have to teach them in the ways that they should go so that when they are old, they'll not depart there from it. Amen. Let's pray for a minute. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the people that came out today, those watching online, those that, Father, are seeking after you for more of you. Father, I just pray that you would just bless them, Lord, and you would keep them, Lord, and you would use them. Father, Lord, you would anoint them, O oh God. Lord, and you would bring just the joy of the Lord out of their spirit, O oh God. Lord, and allow them, Father, even in disrupted times, to know your presence is with them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we see Judges, the second chapter, the 10th verse, and Israel basically doesn't know. They don't know God anymore. They turn their back on God. And so whenever that happens, especially in the Old Testament, it's then they move away from God. Bad things happen. And so in this particular case, from chapter 2 over to chapter 6, where we're going to pick up in just a moment, uh, the Midianites are an army that raise up. And the Midianites come in. And by the way, I, when you look back at the origin of the Midianites, Abraham, uh, after Sarah dies, marries a lady named Keturah in the maybe 24th or 25th chapter of Genesis, and they have four or five boys together, okay, and then Isaac is, is uh, Abraham's favorite, so he gives all his inheritance to Isaac, he blesses Keturah and the five boys, but he sends them to the east everywhere, nearly everywhere in the Old Testament where there's a war, when Israel turns their back on God and there's a battle, those armies almost always come from the east. We have to be careful. See, in my mind, and by the way, one of those boys' name was Midian. And so we have to be careful that we don't strike jealousy like in our families, in our churches, in our communities, because that jealousy will come back. It's It's an evil thing that happens. So here's Here's what happened then in Judges is the Midianites raise up and they start to pummel Israel and every time there's a crop, okay, every time there's a harvest, every time there's food on the ground, the Midianites come in and they take it from the Israelites and then they burn the field. They take their oxen, they take their sheep, they take their goats, they they take their their girls and their women, they take everything and the the Israelites are just frightened, they're scared. And by the way, they are totally disrupted And so all these things are taking place, and they're just out of out of sorts, and much like to a minor extent how we've lived the last year with all the disruptions of a, a. political endeavors and racism and viruses and all the things that we've walked through as the individuals as families as churches okay i was we were at a conference this week and they said the the next the nearest statistic that they could see was that over 100,000 churches will not reopen after the virus now listen there's only 350,000 evangelical churches in america they're talking almost a third of them being wiped out because because of a virus. We, listen, church, we have to know the goodness of God and continue to bring forth the goodness of God in the the scripture way, amen? So here's the setting then. We see here that the Midianites are pummeling Israel, and we don't know for sure what's going to go on. So let's go to Judges, the sixth chapter. Start with verse 11, read through 16. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abysserite, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, I love this part, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And some translations say mighty wo- man of war, mighty warrior. And Gideon said to him, please, my Lord. If the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? You sense some sarcasm there're like, listen, God, we've been worshiping you although they weren't. We've been working for you although they weren't. We've been praying to you although they weren't. It's like you're saying these things and yet it's not happening. God, why should I serve you if everything in my life's not working out just right? And I'm sure there's people in this room, I'm sure I have said that before. God, what gives? Like I'm doing everything I think to do right, and yet it's turning out this way. This is Gideon's plight. And where are all these wonderful deeds that our fathers have recounted to us, saying, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of the Midianites. And the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you. And he said to him, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, but I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. I feel like that's a word for somebody today. The Lord is going to be with you. That's easy. That's fluff. I know that. People say, yeah, I got a word from God. The Lord's with you. No, I mean, I really mean, I feel like that's a word for somebody today. The Lord is with you. Okay, hear me. The first thing, they're not up there. So if you're taking notes, just write these down. There's three things that happen that we go through when we're kind of on the negative side of the spectrum. And and uh, Gideon walks through all three. First, there's excuses. Excuses then there's reasoning, and then there's blame. So first of all, he brings an excuse. Wait a second, I'm the least in my father's house. And taking it it from a large family, being the youngest in a large family, sometimes you don't think your voice is always heard. I mean, think about David. David was the youngest of a large family. He's in the field when they're having a party trying to pick the next king. He's not even invited. Well, could you imagine if your family's having a party and you're not invited? I'm sorry, Jess, you're you're not we're not inviting you. I mean, it's like, wait a second, you know, David, you're not worried. Hey, do you have any more boys? Well, there is David, but he's kind of scrawny and he's tending to the sheep because nobody else wants to watch him. No. And Gideon's saying this, So first we make excuses like God won't move for me. I'm not good enough. Yes, you are, or he wouldn't have sent his son to die for you. Amen. So you are worthy. You are good enough. And then we start to reason it. But wait a second. Not only am I the least in my house, our tribe, Manasseh, is the least of the clans of all of Israel. So, like, we went just from bad to worse here. We start to reason why God will not work for us. We start to reason why we're not good enough. Can I say this? You'll never be good enough. But you are worthy because that's God's way, okay? And so we look at the things, wait a second, so I'm going to make excuses, and then all of a sudden I start to reason, and then all of a sudden I start to blame. Hey, wait a second, God, why are we even in this situation to begin with? You're the one that took us out of Egypt. God, you got me in this marriage. God, you got me in this job. God, you got me in this. You fill in the blanks, and all of a sudden we start to blame. And when we start to blame things on God, we lose track of what God wants to do through us. And so I would say this, jump from those negative aspects into the positive and say, wait a second, the God creator of the universe, who sent his only begotten son, who spoke this world into existence, he's the one that I pray to every morning. He's the one that I worship to every afternoon. He's the one to I, I say thank you to every night before I go to bed. This God that created all of existence, he's on your side. That's how much he loves you. Well, Gideon's having a bad day, man. I mean, he's like, he's throwing these excuses around. He's throwing these reasonings around. He's starting to blame God. But let me go with my first point today. God sees through us to see us through. He right away, he calls Gideon, hey, you mighty man of war, man, you mighty warrior, man, you man of violence. You got to know the story, and most of you do, but I'll rehearse it for a second. Gideon is threshing wheat by the wine press. The wine press is nearly underground, 55 degrees. The grapes don't spoil there, so he's underground. He should have been up on the mountaintop threshing the wheat so that the breeze of the mountain blows the chaff away and the wheat falls down. That's where, But he doesn't want to take a couple arrows to the chest because, you know, the Midianites are mean people, and they're going to kill him. So he doesn't want to die. Can't blame him, right? He doesn't want to die. But he's a coward. And so here's what God says. God shows up in the angel of the Lord and says, you mighty man of war, you warrior, you're the real deal, like you're a stud. And Gideon's looking around. Well, who are you talking to? Where is this coming from? And I think God's got that word for somebody here, if not all of you today. Hey, you little studs and studettes. (laughs) I don't know if that's a right termination, but you know where I'm coming from. You've got the goods. I mean, God's pleased with you. He loves you. He's happy with you. But he might have to see something in you that you don't see just yet. And he's gonna pull it out of you. I won't ask for a, a raise of hands, but I just want to give you some names really quickly. And some of you will catch on, some of you will Chad Pennington, Giovanni Carmazzi, Chris Redman. That sounds like a good Italian restaurant, right there. Giovanni Carmazzi. Chris Redmond, T Martin, Mark Bulger, Spurgeon Wynn. That's one for the record books. Those are the six quarterbacks drafted ahead of Tom Brady. Anybody ever hear of Tom Brady? How about Spurgeon Wynn? Spurgeon Wynn never played a game in the NFL. One guy only played, Giovanni Carmazzi played in three games in the NFL. These guys were drafted ahead of Tom Brady who became, and you may or may not like him, you may or may not hate him or love him, but he probably is the greatest quarterback to ever play in the NFL. I mean, you got to give him credit, right? I know y'all hate him from way back in 2003 or whatever, when whenever, come, let it go. Let it go. Dear Lord, it's like that's 15 years or 20 years it's a long time, right? I know a pastor, but he beat our panthers. One of the greatest, if not the greatest, quarterbacks to ever played in the NFL. He has more, he has more wins in the NFL than those six quarterbacks have starts in the NFL. He has almost three times the number of touchdown passes than those other six quarterbacks combined. Here, now here's my point, because it's super sunny, it's a, it's a fun one to bring out. You may not even understand the greatness that lies within you, but God does. And all you have to do is open yourself up when he says this thou mighty man of war thou mighty man of valor thou mighty warrior he's speaking directly to the soul of Gideon he's speaking to the heart now Janie and I have, have we've gotten in fact this word, this scripture is very uh, special to us whenever uh, we were in some sort of ministry transition, the Lord would spring this on us. And so uh, back years ago, uh, when Janie and I were leaving her father's church, she was m- mid-30s or so. It's the only church, only pastor she had ever known. Uh, it was my, uh, my spiritual awakening had taken place in that church. And so that was my uh, spiritual father figure and so I felt like the Lord was dealing with this. I, I I don't know, honey. I feel like God wants us maybe to go to another church. And, and Janie was like, I don't feel like that's God at all. Get behind me, Satan, and all that stuff. And uh, she's talking to me, by the way, when she's saying that. And, and so I, I said, well, just at least pray about it. So we start praying about it. And I've told the story before about telling the for two or three months. We start praying about it. We wouldn't talk to her parents. And the day that we were going to leave the church and kind of be blessed out, uh, I said, God, I need a scripture. I mean, the kids are crying. Janie's crying everybody's blaming it on me and I'm gonna blame it on you it's the whole excuse reason blame thing and so I, I said God, just give me a scripture and so the Lord just scripture started going through my head and then I had this like trucker bible version which I, I I don't they actually call the trucker bible version long story there but so he says go to six judges six twelve and and like I was spending most of my time in the New Testament, not so much in the Old Testament. And I go to Judges 6 12 and I read that verse, The Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. And I'm like, ah, I run upstairs, Jenny's getting ready, the kids are getting ready. Ah. Honey, I think I think the Lord's given me a verse. What is that? The Lord is with us, you mighty war. And it's like we just peace came over us. It was just, we were still had to walk through those situations of leaving a church and going to find a church and having the kids just being nervous and, and somewhat scared. And, and so uh, we felt like this was a word, and so then we went to another church and Jenny became the worship leader there, and and we felt like there was still some transition in in, in, in our lives, and we were there for a year year or so and at a women's conference, uh, uh, intercessor uh, Jenny went up for prayer because we felt like the Lord was going to do something else, something different with us and Jenny came up for prayer and, and the intercessor said, I, I just got a, a word for you, I don't know if it means anything and she says, well what is it? And she, The lady said, the Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. We knew our time from that church was done, and we were going to go be assistant pastors at another church. And while we were assistant pastors at that church, there was a, some people from a small town that came up, and, and and one person said, I think that's our next pastor. And so they went and talked to our pastor, and he talked to us. And so we said we'd pray about it, which means I would have to leave my job and a, our home and all the things that we had, our family. and And so... Uh, I was going to early morning prayer, which I had done for years, and I showed up at five minutes to six at the church where we were associate pastors, and um, Jeff Kaiser from KGBI radio in Omaha, Nebraska, Christian radio station, cool guy, we actually had him come preach for us in, in our church, and, and um, he went to a really cool church in Omaha, and I'm getting ready to shut the Jeep off, and he says, wait, <laughs> like just over the radio, like, wait, and and. and he said, I got a word for somebody out there, don't move, and, and I, man, well, maybe it's me, I don't know, and so he says, um, this may mean something to somebody out there, the Lord just put this in my spirit, he wants somebody to know, the Lord is with you, you mighty warrior, and I'm like, wow, so I continued to pray, went home, told Janie, hey, Jeff Kaiser said the Lord's with us, and <laughs> we had never met Jeff Kaiser at the time, and uh, so, uh She said, well, what do you think? I said, well, we need to continue to pray into it. was more confirmation. And then when we were at our only other uh, pastorate, we were year number six. We were there seven years. We were year number six. And. And uh starting to pray just about some stuff. And then maybe we we're six and a half years into it or so, and Janie and I thought thought transition was gonna take place. And so we go to a conference and the keynote speaker, and if you, you know anything about conferences, even in the church world, most of these guys have like three or four messages that they that they give, you know, and, and it's pretty pattern. And the guy gets up there to speak and he says, I got a message for tonight, but the Lord has checked me. I can't give it to you. I, I've got to go out of Judges 6 and 12. <laughs> this is a word for somebody. The Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. And it's like we look at each other and say, Well, guess we're moving on. Now, I will say this: I've heard that those messages since we've been down here, and we feel like that word has passed. Okay. It's not like, like that has that has run its course, but Four times in the last four years, three times in the last three weeks have God given us a specific word for, for us as pertaining to our church and to the downtown campus and to uh, the city of Hickory and the surrounding areas and to those watching online. And so we're going to share it with you uh, a little bit down the road, maybe a little bit further in the spring. We're going to continue to pray into it. We're going we're gonna to pray about what, because the, the word's been confirmed now for, uh, it was spoken four years ago then confirmed three times over the last three weeks. What I'm saying though is God wants to bring things out of you, church that he's placed in you, okay? He wants to pull, like he sees greatness in you. He sees great and wonderful things that are taking place in your life. And even though you feel like, man, I'm disruptive, I'm, what does God call you? He calls you a mighty warrior. He calls you a mighty person. He calls you a son and a daughter. He calls you a child. He calls you blessed. Just think of all the things he calls you, okay? Number two, God's priorities always accompany his presence. God call God qualifies the call. He doesn't call to qualify you know that. you've heard that before. He qualifies you as he calls you. If he was waiting, see the problem with Saul was Saul was tall, dark and handsome. He stood head and shoulders above him he didn't have the heart of David. God really didn't, if God was going to take a king, he was going to pick David. Why? David messed up. David had flaws, but he had the heartbeat of God. And so wherever your prayer is, that's a priority of God, that his presence shows up. Wherever your worship is, that's a priority of God, that's where his presence shows up. Wherever you decide, I'm going to evangelize my coworkers or my family or my neighborhood, that's a priority of God, so his presence shows up. Whenever you're reading his word and not doing it out of redundancy but saying, God, would you speak to me through your word today, that's a priority of God, then his presence show up, and wherever his presence show up, his power shows up. When we walk in God's goodness and God's power, when we understand, listen, God, man, you've given me prophetic words in the past. And and it was never anything really weird. It was always something that God started to confirm as he went. And going all the way back to when we were younger and we left the house of prayer church, it was like, and in some cases, whenever you get a word from God, you might take a beating over it. I mean, not all of our words from God, they were from God, but not everybody understands the word for you. Like, hey, we're going to do this. You're going to do what? Like we talked about Abraham last week. You know, his family probably wasn't entirely jacked that he was going to go a different route. But when you do things of God's priorities, his presence gets involved, and whenever his presence gets involved, his power decides to show up. Let me give you one more. Private faithfulness leads to public usefulness. When you're faithful to God in the little things, you know the scripture, he'll open up big things to you. Now again, this might be a word for somebody today as well. Like You've been just trolling, doing things like you've been faithful. You, you've been faithful to God. You've been faithful to reading your word. You've been faithful to your prayer life. You've been faithful to the scriptures. You've been faithful, or you've been trying. It's a new year. I'm, Pastor, I'm trying to walk in this faithfulness. I'm trying to be just a new me. I'm, I'm reading the scripture a day, or I'm reading a chapter a day, or maybe you're reading a book a day. Who knows? Maybe you're just, maybe you're just all in. You're just you're trying to knock on the neighbor's door. You're trying to invite someone, a, a coworker. You're doing these things, and you say, like Gideon, But nothing is happening. I say, make sure you stay in there, make sure you stick with it, make sure you understand that even though I was invisible on the second service during the work, they like none of them saw me. The one who did see me, he turned his back on me. But that's okay, and and all the rest of them were kind of doing their stuff. It's like sometimes we feel like we're invisible to God. This is Gideon's plight in life. God, I'm here. I'm a coward because they're going to kill me. They're killing my family. They're killing my tribe. They're killing my loved ones. Things are all just total disruption. Everything's out of order. And God speaks one word The Lord is with you, you mighty man of war. <laughs> and maybe that's one word today for some person here. The Lord is with you. You mighty man of war, you mighty woman of war. You can do it. You might be the one person that God needs for your one family or your one business or your one uh, neighbor or your one loved one, your one coworker. God might be the one you might be the one person that God's saying, wait a second, just hang in there just a little bit more because your private faithfulness is going to lead to God's public usefulness. And there's a method here when disruption takes place that is so entirely cool. Like it didn't even hit me until uh, last week when I was praying over this message. I was saying, Lord, what, I mean, I understand it. I get it. I love the Gideon story. He builds an army and all that. And, and the Lord kept saying, Holy Spirit kept saying, I think you're missing the point, Mark. You're missing the point. I'm like, no, He, you took a coward and you made a warrior out of him. And I, you know, We all like the big warrior movies. I mean, my mind, Gideon's got, you know, 23-inch biceps. He has no neck. It's just like he's sitting on shoulders and, you know, he's got a 500-pound bench press and he's just like, he's just a rock, you know. But probably in reality, he was nothing to look at. He was kind of scrawny. And yet the Lord made him a mighty warrior. He was a military leader. He was a prophet. He was a judge. He could have been the king, but he turned it down because he said, which we should abide by today, there is only one king, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who we should honor, love, serve, and obey. Can you say amen? See, so it's important. But here's what happens. Let's go to Judges 6, 22. Then Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord, and Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace be to you, do not fear. You shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it the Lord is peace. Or Jehovah Shalom, which is the first time in all of scripture where this is is mentioned. To this day it still stands at Ophir, which belongs to the Abyssalites. What is he saying here? When everything around your life is disrupted. Everything is there's disruption 101 everything's chaos. It's chaotic. It's like I don't know how I'm going to handle the kids at school or at home. I don't know how I'm going to work from home. I don't know how a relationship breakup is going to affect everything. I don't know how I'm going to handle this layoff from work. I don't know how the business if it's going to fail. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to take place. I'm not sure. And all of a sudden, when God enters in the picture here, because that was Gideon's walk, Gideon decides, I'm going to make an altar of peace. And in the middle of his disruption, he handles everything and turns it over to God. And then the cool thing is, he becomes the disruptor. God tells him to go out and get an army. And he's got 30,000 guys on the side. And you know the story. God pairs the army down to 20,000. Then he pairs the army down to 300. And they just take some jars with them and their voices. And they stand around the Midianites. And all of a sudden, there's a little... Uh, thing that goes through camp and they're going to kill us they're going to get us and all of a sudden they break the jars and they yell with a loud shout and the midianites start to kill each other and israel wins one of the great battles in the history of the old testament and all of it revolves around this mighty warrior understanding that it's the god of peace that overcomes every problem and so if your life is disrupted today my prayer is that you find peace because when you find peace all of a sudden then you become the disruptor and as you become the disruptor people will say how in the world did you handle that the way you handle that? And you say Jehovah Shalom. I'm going to you to bow your heads right where you are. I want you to just really take this serious for a moment. Bow your heads close your eyes and if if your life is full of disruption and you want and need, and I would highly suggest the God of peace to enter in. I want you to stand right where you're at just right now. If you if you want to move from disruption to disruptor, I want you just to stand You say, hey, I, I, I need that God of peace in my life. I, I need God to, to, to calm the disruption." And obviously, the disruptor is not against any other person. The disruptor is against the enemy who sends those disruptive things to begin with. But God will take those things the enemy meant for evil, and he'll turn around. He'll make good come out of them. So when you understand there's disruption in my life, but I need peace to come out of it, then we go to Jehovah Shalom. If you're standing right now, I want to pray with you and for you, and then we'll all stand in just a moment we'll sing. If there's somebody around you that's standing, just kind of point your hand that way, if you would. You don't need to put your hand on them unless you want to, or they're okay with it. But otherwise, just kind of point your hand that way if you're not standing. If you're standing, I'm going to pray with you right where you're at, because I believe the disruption can cease right now in Jesus' name. And even though it may still look like it's disruption, that the God of peace of the angel armies, Jehovah Shalom, will come in instantly right now and start to give you peace that's un- Unqualified. It's unpromised that a person can't give to you. A person can't take it away from you. It's from Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. Father, we pray right now for those who are standing in this auditorium, those who are watching online and recognize that disruption is all around them. Father, we pray Jehovah Shalom peace would enter in. We pray, Father Lord, for a peace that does pass all understanding. Father, Lord, that only you can give, Father Lord, that is indescribable, Father Lord, that's in. Comprehensible, a peace by the Lord that all of a sudden says, wait a second, it's going to be all right. He's called me mighty warrior. He's called me mighty uh, man of war, woman of valor. He's called me to walk in this time in this place and this purpose. And I know that disruption will go and I settle it right now this morning with peace. And there's a, a spirit of peace in this house today. There's a spirit of peace of those watching online today. There's a spirit of peace that says, wait a second, all of a sudden I'm going to disrupt the devil flow I'm going to disrupt what the enemy has called me and what he's told me and what he's shown me because I know what God has called me is greater than that I know my problems are solved they will be solved I know my problems are here but God's word and promises are yes and amen Gideon was made out to be a great man he was a warrior like I said he became a judge he was a prophet but so are you today you're prophets you need to start prophesying over yourself I pray for peace. Lord, I pray for goodness. Lord, I pray for, uh, Father, victory in my life. I pray for victory in my prayer life. I pray for victory, Lord, in the things I'm praying for. I pray that you will work those things out in Jesus' name. Now I'm asking for those other people to stand. If you're not standing, stand. If you're comfortable doing so, raise your hand. We're going to sing a song in just a moment. I want you to claim that song over you. Peace be still. Say the word. The scripture says, say the word, and he will. So I pray right now, Father Lord, as everybody stands with their hands raised and online as they watch and they agree, Lord, that we speak peace right now into this moment. We speak peace into this day. We speak peace, Father Lord, that only you can give. Jesus.
1: come to church.
2: just said, Emily has a word. So I'm just waiting, waiting for her to give that word. So sometimes you got to nudge somebody, so I'm just going to wait and say, Emily has a word. And that's how beautiful the, the prophetic can be. It's just that simple and that gentle. I think we think it has to be, you know, old school where you get the prophetic word and you're going to shake or you're going to fall and you're going to pass out. It can just be that. It was the word that we heard over and over every time. But he was just asking God, God, I need a word. And then this person would come up and say, hey, got this word, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor, mighty warrior, next one. And I think one of them was John Bevere, is that right? John Bevere was another one who came and spoke to us. And just um, this week, as pastor was saying, um, we were in this conference and this speaker that gave us this word, he wasn't even scheduled to speak. He was just one of the guest like us. He was actually sitting behind us in this conference, and and he went up to the leader there, and Jim Graff, who's just an awesome man, um, and Tamra, so they're just wonderful people, and he went up and said, I got a prophetic word, would you mind if I would share that before the speaker would get up and speak? He said, no, absolutely, if God's got a word, we want to hear it, and he says, would you two stand up? I don't know your names, but would you stand up? And he began to give us the same word exact same word. Almost word for word that we've had four times now. So now it's gone from the Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. I think we're still warriors. So... At least we feel like we're battling anyway so we're doing war but now we're into this new word that is gonna be coming up that that we're praying through and we're we're trying to hear what God has for it but it's confirming and confirming and confirming so we're excited and pastors gonna be sharing that in a, a few weeks we're gonna go into that series and it just has fit right in so that's how the prophetic word works God will just give you a word his word to me was Emily has a word Oh, that's kind of weird. That's putting a whole lot of faith in Emily saying, thanks a lot, (laughs) mother-in-law. You kind of threw me under the bus there if I didn't have anything. So it takes a lot of faith, let faith rise up, for us to step out and say, okay, God gave a word for Emily, but he told me to tell her to tell it. So God's doing something new. In us right now. Something new is stirring, and we're going to share that, but it, it really is, is moving in me right now, and um, that's part of it right there. This is part of what, what he's moving in me. So for him to preach the word that he thinks that word, is, that word is done, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior, I feel like it was total confirmation for what I've been telling you, what I'm praying about and what God's wanting to do with me. You were releasing me today to say, yes, this is your new a new place is coming. My, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm just going to, there's a new level of, there's a new place God is putting me And And that was my confirmation this morning. So I just think it was so cool. I just love it. I love the prophetic. I love the word because everything you preach was just prophetic today to you. So what I want you to do is get your word out. As he said this week, get your word out and just start reading it. And if something kind of just pops out at you and you go, "Whew! I never really read that before or that was a scripture that just went, wow. And then just maybe write it down, hang on that word. And then all of a sudden someone might come up and say, hey, Joel, I got this word. I don't know what it means. And say, I gave Joel this word. And he went, wow, that was the word I wrote down. And then maybe a couple weeks later, someone comes up and says, hey, Kayla, God gave me this word. And she tells Joel. And now it's the third time and then maybe it's the fourth time. So see, when God's trying to speak to you, we just got to say, I'm listening. I'm listening. Because he wants to give us peace. He wants to give us wisdom. He wants to give us direction. But so many times we're not listening. We just think, oh, I heard that before. Maybe if you heard it before and then again and again and again, he's saying, I'm trying to tell you something here. right. So let's do that this week. Get your word out. Something jumps at you. Just write it down. And then wait and see if somebody doesn't come to you and say, I got this word. Or the disc jockey on the radio says, wait, got a word for you. It can be that simple. All right. Y'all understand it? You guys are awesome. Let me just bless you. Father, we love you. We bless you. And we thank you for that amazing word. We thank you, Lord, for Um, all of the words that have been given. We thank you for Emily's prophetic word, Lord, just the beautiful picture that if somebody needs peace, they're in the middle of a storm. As she saw this friend just with her hands up who just lost her father, her heart is broken, but she didn't run. She ran to the mercy seat. She ran to the father. She came running to the mercy where she knows she could find help. Lord, let that picture, let that vision that Emily shared with us today, Lord, that if our life is is interrupted, if it's disrupted, if something crazy is going on, our situation is rocking, our world is being rocked, that we don't run away from you, but we run to you because that's where our help will come from. So let that word that Emily gave us this morning, let that be the resounding song that comes out of our hearts today. We're running to the mercy seat because you have all the peace that we have need of today. We love you, we bless you. Go with us, bless us. Cause your face to shine upon us. Cause blessings to go with us. Open doors, open our ears, open our hearts. Let us be softened to hear what you have for us. We give you all the glory. You are good in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We love y'all. Be blessed. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.